1: This is Tony Kornheiser show. I'm Tony. So what exactly is the show about? It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catches. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Yes, indeed. We're going to get a lot of help from Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. Good morning, Mary.
0: Good morning, Denny. I think gardeners are getting ready to dance in the street. Maybe dance in the garden (laughs) this week.
2: Maybe so. But but, uh, as the snow melts, and we'll probably see it all gone, uh, we think by the end of the week, maybe even sooner, don't walk on the lawn yet, please. Right?
0: Right. Yes. Don't walk on the lawn yet, but there's lots of things we can do to get ready to garden because hopefully, yes, spring is coming. You know, St. Patrick's Day is the day to plant peas in, mm-hmm. in, much, in much of the United States. And in my many years in Minnesota, I've only done that once. One year could I plant peas on St. Patrick's Day, but it's, yes, there, there are garden things we can do.
2: Well, let's talk about those specific things uh, coming up here, and if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, you want to chat or send a text to uh, Mary, and there's just one phone number or text number to remember, and that is 651-461-9226. Again, 651-461-9226. And if you are a regular listener, to our smart garden show you show you know we tend to get pretty busy we don't want to miss out on your questions uh, if if there's any chance you can get it to us as soon as sooner rather than later right mary because we do always get, get kind of backed up yes. in, in in time uh, so call or text whatever's easier for you 651 651- 4619226 All right you kind of started off with with that thought Mary about what what we can do in anticipation of these uh, warmer temperatures after tonight uh, and maybe even uh, just let me double check here to be sure I'm thinking about an overnight low uh, tonight's overnight low is going to be about 23 and then Sunday night around 30 but after that um uh, after, like, Tuesday, I think it'll be uh, above freezing every night, maybe even, uh, you know, 30s, upper 30s. Uh, so yes. what, can we be, what can we be doing uh, this time of year?
0: Well, hopefully most people have thought about ordering seeds. Uh, I got, ordered my vegetable seeds, some flower seeds, so I got the specific kinds that I wanted. Uh, many stores, of course, have seeds in the store. You can go in the garden center and buy uh, your seeds. So get your seeds organized. There are some seeds you can start right now, things that have a longer growing season, leeks, onions, celery, broccoli, cabbage, uh, peppers, even you can start now. Tomatoes, probably uh, wait a little bit on tomatoes till early um, April. But get your seeds lined up and um, make sure you get the kinds that you want. Uh, If you're going to do any new planting with trees or shrubs, Many of the cities now, um, and of course, garden centers are getting their supplies in. But uh, my city, the city of Plymouth, does a tree and shrub sale and offers bare root plants. And that's only right now, early in the spring, that you order those and you pick those up in May. So think about if there are any trees and shrubs that you want to diversify in your lawn and, and uh, plant. Look up, research those. I listened to or watched some uh, master gardener. Hennepin County has a virtual tour because we couldn't tour in person for gardens last year. The Hennepin County master gardeners did four short virtual tours of Mm. really, really nice gardens, not anything extravagant, but just very practical gardens Uh, for a small fee. You can look at these tours. They're each about 10 minutes long. So very inspiring very inspiring to think about what could i do on that steep slope or difficult area you have in your yard but really fun to see what those videos were and then there are classes coming up Uh, the arboretum as well as the horticulture society have many classes taught by master gardeners or extension professionals uh, pruning hydrangeas uh, sustainable landscaping a healthy soil. Lots of garden classes that are offered now in the spring, so you can really, really do a lot of learning um, in addition to uh, getting your own property organized.
2: What what great ideas! And I, uh, I'm thinking because we, we've talked over the years, uh, the success and the popularity of gardening, and a lot of people don't realize exactly how popular gardening is. And in, and we've said it in the past. People would say, how come you guys get so many calls and texts? I said, I have learned over the years, I've been taught, that gardening is the number one leisure time activity in the United States above all sports, whether you're participating or just watching or listening, in our case, here on the radio. I mean, that's huge.
0: It's huge. You know, Gardening is very rewarding. I mean, it's physically an activity you can do, but it's, you know, you see plants change when you're gardening and that's very, uh, gratifying and it's, it keeps us going in gardening because things are always changing and interacting with plants and it's very uh, relaxing as well. And, um, yeah, it's it has it checks a lot of boxes for keeping us healthy and um, you know growing food. Of course, is one thing, but but just the act of uh, being in nature, being outside, nurturing plants—it's really a very uh, healing and healthy experience.
2: Yes, as they say, it's great therapy for sure. Yes, right. Uh, Eight fourteen is our time. Just speaking of time, Mary, just a reminder to our listeners, to all of us, to turn our clocks ahead. One hour overnight tonight. We're going to return to daylight saving time early tomorrow morning. So you lose an hour of sleep tonight, turn your clocks ahead one hour overnight tonight. Here's a question, Mary, that I know we're going to get. We have been getting uh, recently uh, because of the time of the year. Can I still trim my oak trees today?
0: Well, it has been so cold. Yes. yes. You could trim your <laughs> oak trees. So the idea is to do this when everything is dormant and there are no active insects. So April 1st is the cutoff date. So you have... just to do this when everything is dormant and there are no active insects. So April 1st is the cutoff date. So you have just a few more days, a couple weeks now to do that because once it warms up and we consistently have days in the fifties, nights above freezing, insects will become active again and then we'll have to stop pruning definitely for oaks. So oaks are the ones that we don't wanna prune when the weather is warm. So I would go ahead and do that. We have a little bit more latitude with other plants. Uh, Fruit trees should be pruned now in the spring. Apple trees, um, very popular with lots of people. And you have a little bit more time to prune those. But late winter, early spring, uh, we still can do quite a bit of uh, tree trimming.
2: Okay, I know we have to take a quick break here. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, let's line them up right now. We have some text uh, coming in as we speak. If you'd like to call in your lawn or garden question, that's great, or uh, send a text. Here is the number to do either, 651-461-9226. time is 816. Again, turn those clocks ahead one hour as you retire tonight. As far as temperature goes, uh, right now in the Twin Cities, officially, uh, we have two above, so we have gone above zero, but that wind chill still at a minus 11. So keep that in mind if you're heading, uh, heading out today. High today later on will be around 29. We'll get up to near 41 tomorrow. Right now, a plus two. Here on News Talk 830, this is WCCO. And a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. We are around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour welcoming your lawn and garden questions, either by phone or by text. And here again is the number for either, 651 461 Denny Long here, along with Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. And, Mary, we have callers and texters, as usual. Let's see who is first here. Cynthia is calling in, I believe, from Buffalo uh, this morning. Cynthia, what is your question for Mary?
0: Good morning, Mary and Denny. Um, because of the drought last year, I, I you know, raked up uh, quite a bit of my lawn, and I put new soil down and seeded, and then in some areas I just overseeded. Um, I do have a lawn service that uh, comes out for spring, summer, fall, and I was wondering if I should have them wait. Um, until the grass has grown more. Their first application is a crabgrass control and a fertilizer. And then after that, they'll come out early season with a fertilizer and a weed control. Uh, should I uh, let them know what I did and just have them wait? Well, Cynthia, yes, good questions. You definitely should let them know. If your lawn was not up enough so that you were mowing it last year, then yes, you definitely do not want to put on that crabgrass control. The crabgrass control in the spring will kill any germinating seed, so it kills the good seed as well as the bad seed, so on an established lawn where you've had crabgrass, that That seed you wanna kill because there's not much seed growing there. The plants are well-established, but if you're getting your lawn established, the pre-emergence killers will hurt the good seed as well. So yes, be sure and tell them. I would say to wait to do the crabgrass killer till you've mowed the lawn a couple of times and it's really gotten itself established. The broadleaf weed killers that will go on later Usually those are a liquid, and those would be okay. Those will not hurt the germinating seed, but definitely talk to them.
2: And, Mary, maybe at this point we could mention the University of Minnesota website, extension.umn.edu. Great lawn, or rather, a, well, everything lawn, for that matter, but as far <laughs> as specifically gardening and uh, lawn care with the different levels, different fertil you know, whatever. They have a timeline, and check it out, right, as far as lawns yes. are concerned.
0: As far as lawns are concerned, right, lots of things to do throughout the year. We have a great lawn care calendar that talks about timing, when to put things on, different chemicals. But, yeah, extension.umn.edu.
2: Here's a text, Mary. It says, good morning. I have an old Christmas cactus whose leaves are turning white. It did bloom recently and seems healthy. just looks bad. What am I doing wrong is the question.
0: So the white leaves are a sign those leaves are pretty much dying because the chlorophyll is gone from them. You might want to trim those off. Uh, Maybe they're going to fall off kind of on their own. I noticed that my Christmas cactus is losing some of its leaves uh, right now. Many plants at the spring of the year will start rejuvenating. So if if it flowered and it looked it looked good earlier, it might just be going through a rejuvenation period. Uh, You might wanna turn it over, uh, see if you can gently remove the pot and look at the roots, see if you see white healthy roots. Uh, If you don't, it might be a good time to think about repotting it, but make sure it has really uh, good light conditions. And of course the short days or the cold temperatures in the 50s, that will really get a Christmas cactus to bloom.
2: All right. Let's get back to the phones, Mary. I think John is calling in from uh, St. Paul uh, this morning. John, you're on CCO with Mary.
1: Yes, thank you very much. Um, I have about I have five three-year-old arborvitaes,
2: and I was gone from the middle of December to the end of February,
0: and came back, and all of them are eaten up
1: about two feet. There's nothing left, but the rest of it looks perfect is that rabbits or deer or what's going on there
0: it could be either of those john unfortunately arborvita is a great food source for a lot of animals and we do find that deer like it Uh, depending on these are probably not really tall but sounds like more browsing at the base is probably rabbits so this winter has been tough on tough on people and tough on uh wildlife as well so they probably were looking for uh, a food source and found arborvita which is quite a favorite Um, it's really difficult to get that plants any plants to rejuvenate from the bottom like that Uh, i would just recommend that you do a good job making sure that they're well watered this year because of the drought conditions that Lots of evergreens uh, did suffer. But at this point, it's really hard to do anything when you've lost the bottom part of the plant.
2: Okay. Uh, This, Thank you, John. This uh, texter says this. Hi, I have a big bag of dried mulched maple leaves in the garage. Is there anything I can do with them in the yard or garden?
0: Yes, you can definitely use those uh, uh, maple leaves. Uh, I would say the better it, it's better if they're chopped up, but it, it doesn't really matter. I create my own leaf mold. I keep a pile of just leaves, and they decay on their own. And then I use that for mulching around my perennial beds, even wherever I don't want weeds to grow around uh, whatever I'm growing. Uh, starting a new bed using leaf mulch is a great way to cover up the soil. So yes, I would go ahead and think about using those. Uh, if they're really, they're crispy and dry, they will not have deteriorated very much. You can always, of course, add those uh, to a compost pile as well.
2: Very good. I grab a phone call from Cole, who's calling in from North Branch uh, this morning. Cole, you are on CCO with Mary Meyer. What is your question, please?
1: I have heard that tomato leaves are poisonous. Why are the tomatoes and seeds okay to eat since they make the leaves?
0: Cole, great question. Uh, The leaves are actually not that poisonous. Uh, They might give you a stomach ache if you ate them or may not taste very good, upset stomach, something like that. Uh, Yes, a lot of people um, were uh suspect of tomatoes and felt that they were poisonous, but uh, they're in a family, the Solanaceae family, where there are other poisonous plants, but the tomatoes that we grow today, the ones that have been bred for their fruits and so on, don't have many alkaloids or other poisons in their leaves. Uh, Potatoes were thought the same thing, that a part of the potato was poisonous, Um, but it's um, not so much with our tomatoes and potatoes, but there are other members of that family that are poisonous, especially more with their fruits than the foliage. So good reminder, Cole, to always really know what you're eating
2: and it's also good to hear younger voices uh, interested in gardening, yes. too, isn't it? It's great, it's yeah. great. Yep. All right, i tell you what let's do, Mary. Let's take a break and see what kind of uh, forecast we're facing here this coming week. I think it's good news. So hang on. We have about another half hour of our Lawn and Garden show. We call it Smart Garden. Welcoming your calls or text messages, your Lawn and Garden questions for Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. Here's the number for either, 651 461 Nine two two six two above zero. The forecast straight ahead here on news. What are we? We're, we're news talk eight three zero. I forget. WCCO. Stay with us. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here along with Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota answering your lawn and garden questions uh, either by phone or by text, as, as usual, 651-461-9226. You can call it in or text it in with that number, 651-461-9226. Mary, what's been going on and what is going on at the Arboretum? We always like to uh, talk about that great place.
0: Yes, great to talk about the Arboretum. Uh, there's a lot going on this week. There's yoga classes, there are full moon hikes, and coming up a week from today is the Maple Fest. So you can sign up for that. You do need reservations to go to the Arboretum. The Maple Fest is it used to be called the Pancake, Pancake Brunch. It's, uh, yes, a wonderful place to get maple syrup to see the maple trees being tapped you can walk in the woods uh, get uh, expert advice on how to do that if you have some of your own maple trees you want to tap or just enjoy the maple syrup there and of course a great place to walk around there are a lot of events going on at the arboretum and um, yes wonderful place to get outside
2: absolutely and well, uh, easy to get to, just west on Highway 5 and 41, I guess, is the closest intersection, right?
0: That's right, yes.
2: Yeah. Uh, let's grab a phone call from Diane, who I believe is calling in from Linwood this morning. Uh, Diane, thank you. What is your question for Mary?
0: Uh, yes, we have a cabin uh, up in Danbury, Wisconsin. And when we were up there last weekend, uh, our son, who is quite knowledgeable in science things, um, we noticed that the bark on several trees was shoot all the way up um, and he said it was porcupines. Um, is there anything we can do to deter that interesting uh, Diane yes it's it could certainly be porcupines uh, eating food yeah for the winter at this point uh, I'm not sure what you can do um, it, if the uh, tree has been encircled and the bark has been removed from the whole way around Uh, Mm -hmm. that tree will die. Uh, If part of it is still intact, the tree might be okay. The younger the tree is, um, you know, it might affect how much uh, vigor or health it has. Younger trees might be more susceptible to actually die. But no, at this point, I don't think there's anything that you can do. you know, we have some beavers near our house on the DNR property, and I've seen too many oak trees come down from those beavers. But when I complained to the DNR, they said, well, you know, it's nature. <laughs> these these beavers have to eat, and we are not going to really interfere so much with nature and what they're doing. So as uh, tough as it is to see that damage uh, some people think that the the native the the animals have to live as well.
2: Very good. Uh, again, here's our number six five one four six one nine two two six. Hi, Mary. This texter says I have a large cedar waist high planter box that cost me one hundred twenty bucks to fill with organic soil. What do I need to do with that soil for this year's uh, veggies and herbs? Thank you for all the info you provide. Enjoy this segment so much. Well, thank you for that.
0: Yeah, uh, this question is so interesting because uh, today with more sustainable thinking, uh, people are thinking twice about buying peat moss, which is one of the components that we use in in, uh, North America a lot for horticulture purposes. Um, And much of the the container soil that you buy has peat moss in it. And there's a lot of controversy about how sustainable peat uh, is. In the United States, uh, peat harvesting is quite sustainable. We are using very little of what's available, mostly coming out of Canada. And there's a lot of restoration with the peat companies in uh, North America anyway. It's a different situation over in Britain than it is in the united states but i try to reuse container soil if possible there are two times that i do not reuse it number one is if the plants that were growing there had diseases Uh, if you've had uh, tomatoes you have to be really careful about removing any of the uh, roots of the tomatoes any of the foliage and so on. so Remove any uh, diseased plant parts so that the soil doesn't recontaminate your plants next year. And um, I do mix it up. Sometimes I take it completely out, mix it, remix it in a wheelbarrow. Sometimes I add a little bit more uh, potting soil to it. But the other thing I do is you have to pay close attention to adding uh, additional fertilizer. So because this is a synthetic soil, usually in our containers, there's no mineral soil in there. There are not as many nutrients. So if you're reusing your container soil, you have to add additional fertilizer in a slow release or use a liquid fertilizer, and then don't reuse that soil um, if you have had diseased uh, plants uh, in it.
2: Okay. This texter, and we'll get back to the phones. This texter says, "Good morning. Uh, They saw Mary on uh, television talking about bee lawns. Where does one buy the seed mix at County Extension?" Tell us about that.
0: Yes. Yeah. So that was a prairie yard and garden show that I did recently that was taped last summer. So the Arboretum has demonstration plots on bee lawns. You can also find a lot of information up at uh, the extension website and at the bee lab website, beelabumn.edu, has a lot of information on flowering lawns and our turf folks at the University of Minnesota as well. There are several uh, seed companies now in the Twin Cities that sell bee lawn mixes. These usually have white clover, uh, slow-growing fescue, uh, lawn lawn seed, uh, prunella or uh, self-heal, and then we used a creeping thyme uh, for a flower. So those three flowers um, you might find in a mix already. Some of the local garden centers have that. But you can find that, uh, you can find a list of retailers that have bee lawn mixes uh, either through the blab.umn.edu. lab.umn.edu um, I think you can just, uh, at, or the turf, turfgrass, edu. I know have those mixes. Uh, you know, five years ago, I wouldn't have been able to say you could find the those products, but they are available now today.
2: And that's a great idea. Great idea. Yeah. Uh, let's grab a phone call from Sue, who I believe is calling in from Shoreview this morning. Thank you for waiting, Sue. What is your question, Sue, for uh, Mary?
1: Good morning, Mary. Uh, St. Patrick's Day is approaching. Can you discuss the
0: oxalis plant, in other words the shamrock plant? Yes, Sue, we do see these now for sale uh, this time of year. They tend to be a relatively short-lived plant and the kinds that are sold as a container plant or flowering plant may not be hardy outside. Um, They like cool weather conditions. And um, so I would just enjoy them temporarily as a house plant. You can try putting them out in your garden and see if they grow. I doubt if they will live uh, through our winter conditions, but they usually like cool conditions. And yeah, they they work out really well for uh, a spring flowering plant.
2: Right. Now, the text says this. Good morning. What is the best way to care for a Diffenbachia plant? Are they an easy indoor plant to have?
0: You know, I I think they are uh, because I've seen many old Diffenbachias that are like 10, 15 years old that people have had in their homes. Uh, They tend to be medium light levels that they like. They don't have to be really bright light. If anything, they get to be tall with the leaves at the top, and people will call in. They've called in on this show about air layering or get the roots to come along the stem so they can plant it again and have a shorter plant. But yeah, I think Diefenbachia is a a pretty... um, Pretty easy, average uh, house plant. I would, yeah, recommend that. All
2: right, good. Before we break, let's grab another phone call. I think Diane may be calling in from Lakeville this morning. Diane, thank you for calling. What's your question, please?
0: Yes, hello, Mary. Thank you for your wonderful program. Um, I have been planting some vegetables in whiskey barrels, and this year I want to plant seed flowers. Is there anything special that I have to do with the flower bed, with the dirt that I'm going to be putting the flower seeds in? I don't think so, Diane. You can use the same thing that you've been doing for vegetables, uh, the whiskey barrel's a really big container, so really deep. You might not need the whole depth of the whiskey barrel. Maybe you've got them cut off, so they're not, you know, four feet tall. If you have two feet deep of soil, two to three feet, that's plenty for uh, flowers. Some of our vegetables, like tomatoes, would need a bigger. Um, they they need all of that, two to three feet. But I would say two feet is enough for most flowers uh, that you can would need a bigger, uh, they they need all of that two to three feet. But I would say two feet is enough for most flowers uh, that you can grow. But yeah, the same thing you've done for vegetables should be fine for uh, flowers.
2: Very good. Let us take a break. We have more show to come. Uh, Just a reminder, not only to turn your clocks ahead, we're going to lose an hour. Spring ahead, Daylight Saving Time returns tomorrow. Uh, But coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, just received word that Jesse Treble from SafeBasements.com is going to be filling in for Andy Lindis today. So if you have any kind of uh, basement question, radon question, bowed walls, sump pump questions, maybe you've got water coming in or will have. Uh, That's uh, next hour. Jesse Treble filling in for Andy Lindis. SafeBasements.com. In the meantime, we're talking lawns and gardens on our Smart Garden Show 651 Four six one nine two two six. We'll be back with more in a moment. Two above zero, uh, heading for probably around twenty nine today here on News Talk eight three zero WCCO. And welcome back to the remaining minutes of our Smart Garden Show here on CCO. Denny Long, along with Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. By the way, if you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. We're here, by the way, every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks to uh, good folks that help you out, like Mary. And Mary, we have a ton of text messages, as, as usual. As Let's see usual. How many, <laughs> as usual. Let's see how many uh, folks we can help out here. Um, Here, maybe this one is another uh, candidate to, to get on the university website. I'll just read it. I rent so I can't dig in my yard. My front walk gets hot morning sun. My back patio gets hot afternoon sun. I just plant pots. What plants should I plant? They could get some good ideas, right?
0: Yes, they could get great ideas from extension.umn.edu. But I would say, yes, heat-loving plants, even though it's hot in the morning and then again in the afternoon, you have that uh, sidewalk there, which uh, retains heat, makes it kind of even hotter. Uh, But there are some vegetables there that like heat conditions. Uh, Zucchini, tomatoes, peppers do like hot weather conditions. And there are some flowers uh, some of the penny sedum, ornamental grasses really do well with hot weather uh, zinnias uh, sunflowers they're shorter sunflowers so there are quite a few plants that will do well with uh, hot conditions the limiting thing is you you really have to water them so they'll run out of water before uh, they'll light is a problem but watering containers the way to go because you're renting there's actually just a new video that uh, has been posted up on the Extension website about planting in containers. So lots of interest in planting in containers, even uh, raised beds on the ground. But yeah, I would definitely search uh, the Extension website for uh, more ideas.
2: That's what I want to do this year, build some raised beds. That oh, sounds like good flying. for you, Denny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see what happens at the end of the season. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's one uh, for you, Mary. The rabbits have chomped on nearly all of my shrubs this winter. Texter says, some of them uh, all the way down to the ground. Any suggestions on how to help them once the snow melts?
0: Yeah, I would just say watering at this point, reducing uh, tremendous rabbit damage. And just like a uh, previous caller who had the arborvitae, the only way really is prevention for rabbit or animal damage. You need to put some type of a barrier around the plant so that the rabbits can't get to it. So with a tree, with an individual stem, it's a little easier to do some uh, you know, hardware cloth or chicken wire, something that you can prevent the animal from getting to. When you have shrubs, it's much harder. So always a challenge, uh, yes, to maintain uh, plants with the wildlife.
2: This uh, listener says, can you still prune evergreens now?
0: Yes, you can prune evergreens. Uh, they're they're pretty much, they're kind of semi-dormant. Uh, I would say if it's pine trees you're interested in pruning, you might want to wait just as the spring growth is coming out because we have information on how to prune pines on the website with uh, pruning those candles or the, the spring growth uh, makes them bushier. Uh, But for uh, things like yews, arborvitaes, yes, you can still go ahead and prune those now.
2: Okay. This listener wants you to tell them about rain lilies. A friend, they said, had a pot of lovely pink flowers with lily-like leaves. Researching this, I believe they were called rain lilies. They grew well in a pot on the north-facing patio.
0: Gosh, you know, I don't know what rain lilies are specifically. It sounds maybe like agapanthus. Uh, Agapanthus is, yes, has like a lily-like flower to it. I I would recommend agapanthus for anyone who uh, is interested in growing flowers in containers. Agapanthus have a round, uh, uh, kind of a Uh, Yeah, round shaped flower, many flowers on one stalk, and they flower for a long time. Uh, Good, good heat tolerance, fairly good drought tolerance, but I don't know a common name for Agapanthus. Hmm. Maybe it is rain lily.
2: Well, we'll do a little research and find
0: out. (laughs) We'll find out.
2: Let's uh, see if we can't grab one one more. We have uh, just a couple of minutes left, uh, Mary. Uh, Let's see. Can I begin to pot up my cannas? Indoors, of course. I have stored them in a 50-degree area. I want to get them started. So when I transfer them outside late May or early June, they will have some leaves. Thank you for that, they say.
0: Yes, I would go ahead and start your cannas now. They really do benefit from having more uh, time to grow because they take quite a while. They like warm conditions. So nothing to be gained by putting them out until it's consistently 65 uh, or more. So I did Google rain lilies. Rain rain lilies are zephyr lilies. I have not grown zephyr Mm. lilies. They're in the amaryllis family. Probably not a hardy bulb for us in Minnesota. I don't think so. Probably but, not. But, uh, yeah, another, another. there's so many plants. Just when I think I know quite a few, <laughs> I find one I don't know. Well, that's
2: what keeps it interesting, right? Always learning.
0: <laughs> oh, it does. That's yeah. well, right. Well, yeah.
2: Mary, uh, we are just about out of time. Let's, uh, again, uh, give the uh, University of Minnesota website great reading, great resource. Tell us about that.
0: Yes, extension.umn.edu, you can click on Yard and Garden. You can find uh, lots of things to do right now, the end of March, starting your seeds, uh, looking forward to what to plant, what you can still prune, work on in the garden. And you can also look for classes between Extension, the Arboretum and the Horticulture Society, lots of classes that you can uh, take this spring to learn how to garden.
2: And real quickly, to get to the Arboretum, you have to kind of register online yet, I presume?
0: Yes, you do register online, but uh, every half hour, there are like 400 different people that can come into the Arboretum. So it's a huge number of people that can come. We will probably continue registration at the Arboretum because it works for everybody to make sure there's room for parking. And the gardens are not that crowded, but it's a... Over uh, 1,200 acres, so you can, uh, lots of place to spread around, <laughs> walk Absolutely. around, and it's a enjoy great place. Uh, plants.
2: You'll be back yes. more, Mary, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. We will talk soon.
0: Thank you, Denny.
2: Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. Get those basement sump pump radon questions ready next hour on News Talk 830. This is WCCO.